to Minority Corner with an Eke and James, the, the Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins of podcasting. podcasting. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, queer, and ladylike. This week on Minority Corner. What we got going on for the people? Ooh, we got an anniversary. It's our anniversary. Anniversary. Baby, you and me. you and me. We got there the same way, different roads. Yeah, you know. We got there. Well, it's our anniversary episode, and we are going to dig into the archives of some of our favorite uh, segments from the year. Yay! I'm going to be talking about the Gullah Geechee people. What do you got in the vault? (laughs) I am going to be digging into the vault. I had a tough choice, but I am going to be going with uh, my segment with Stagecoach Mary and Robert Smalls that we did when you were away having baby. I was having baby, but now I'm back (laughs) with a baby. Here we are. Also, I had a birthday. Some things happened with that. We need to talk about some party etiquette, too. See what's, Part- what's good, what's not. <laughs> what's good, what's not. Uh, also, I saw Toy Story 4, and I have some thoughts and a review. Ooh, I am all ears and <laughs> looking at my toys. You best not be coming alive. Yeah, that's creepy. And also, it's weird because they really do think that they're alive. They're like, it's it gets it's weird if you think about it. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> Keep the toys locked away and let's get into the episode. Let's go. Happy anniversary. Ooh. It's just you and me. Yeah. Hey. What year is this now? Um, I don't, I'm not a math guy. Is it Five? fifth? Fifth, yeah, fifth. I think it's our fifth year doing this. It, Holy shit! Well, we started in 2015, so does that mean how does oh. how does how does math work? Oh, does this well, mean we're now going into oh no, our fifth God. year? I don't know how numbers I work. Like, does this does this mean? I don't I know which one we're going year into. We split it up, so that's why we have four seasons. I mean, this is technically season five. We're going into season right. five. We're just going to keep it. This is yes. the beginning of season yeah, five. Yeah, I like that. Let's just do we're that. And it, yeah. Oof. All right. First Got crisis evolved. Holy uh, we're off to a good start this year. New, new season, new us. <laughs> Fresh and free and ready to go. <laughs> mm, I did not get you anything for our anniversary. Neither did I. You okay, know what? Good. I think we have an agreement where we just kind of, you know, we show up. And we That's the celebrate gift. each other. Yeah, it's the gift of friendship. Cheers to that. Cheers to Cheers that. Cheers to us. You know, anytime it's our podcast anniversary, it's also my anniversary of age. Is that how you say yes, that? Yes, it is. is and that... there's some, there is some controversy, controversy going on, on with my your age. age right now. You need to tell it, the peoples. Y'all, so I had Sunday in the Park with James in Central Park. And I, because Central Park is huge, and we did it at the Great Lawn. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not to be confused with Sheep's Meadow, though. I thought I was having my party at Sheep's Meadow because I wanted to be with all like the shirtless people who were having a party. And oh, is that what happens there? I didn't know that. I guess so. I wanted to be in the mess of it because I'm still, you know, trying to be in it. And we yeah, went you're to. You're still cute. You're still free. Still trying. But apparently, we went to the Great Lawn, and all my friends were like, "Ooh, thank God, it's not crowded at all." Like we were. It was like people were playing oh. softball with their kids. So. Oh, cute. That, <laughs> I guess I wanted some skin. Some. Okay, I want, sorry. I want like a birthday in boo to be like, ooh, who's that? And getting my like you know pre-World Pride tan Pride on. is coming up. I know, but I needed to like a little, a primer, you know? 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> I needed to get into the zone. But so I bought these rainbow colored balloons, like a giant like okay. foil balloon, like a three and a yeah, four. Yeah, I saw it. A three and a four. I love that. Uh-huh. Rainbow colored because I wanted to be like a- For 34. Uh, yes, because I am turning 34 according to my birth certificate. But the wind nature had other designs because she kept making You're it- You're like, uh-oh, we're about to age you up. <laughs> she turned it up. I I kept saying 43. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is, Which is hilarious. Wow. Everyone's going to think I'm 43. And I was like, you know what? Let me own this because if I'm 43, I look damn good you look <laughs> fucking good if you are 40 if you were 43 you have found you got that gabrielle union yes. shit going yeah. on in your blood i've been watching agt america's got talent okay. and she's a new host oh, on is there. she and Ooh, i'm yes. always shocked when she says that she's 46 oh I'm always my like, god what? even just now when you were gonna say i was like oh yeah 40 46 like she's like on her way to 50 i know she looks so good i look older than her what uh, no, Don's Don's <laughs> new face looks older than her. <laughs> ooh, that's not it. Said it. I didn't say uh, it. Ooh. Sidebar: Since we're already on, uh, um, not Mary J. Blige. We'll get to that hoe later. But um, oh, okay. being Mary Jane, Gabrielle Union. There we go. See how I got back? Yes. <laughs> See how I got yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. You got there. <laughs> Swing it you on know, the rope. You had the slumdog, <laughs> slumdog millionaire back. I did, and uh, she has a new show with Jessica Alba. Oh yeah, what show is that? It's called LA's Finest. It's a spinoff hmm. of Bad Boys 2. What? <laughs> yeah. Did you not know what? about this? It's been in development forever. This is a long time this is, coming. <laughs> and so it's her character from Bad Boys 2 oh. doing her thing because she was like a police detective FBI girl. And oh. they were pitching the show. They were pitching the show. And she's like, well, I want to do the show, but I want to do it with my friend. And she called it Jessica Alba. And she was like, okay, girl, let's do it. So it was. I had no idea. Well, here's why. Because it was supposed to be on Fox. And then I guess Fox passed on it. So now it's on streaming. Spec- it's on Spectrum. Oh, uh, okay. I've heard of Spectrum, but it's still kind of weird. Because also I realized this. Spectrum is a specific... It used to be Time Warner Cable, which I think was only here on the East Coast. So I... Yeah, I think you, so is the show only showing on the East Coast? Because I've never heard of this I show. I guess so. Spectrum, it's, honestly. It's kind of, well, it's, yeah. Did you, did you ever hear of Time Warner Cable? I mean, yeah, because of the company, but not, yeah. I mean, nobody's advertising for Time Warner Cable out Cause here. Because it ain't, so it's, it's like old school days, back when like shows would only air yeah. in certain like areas. Oh weird! Yeah. So okay, I mean, it looks well, it sounds you know what? good. She got that AGT money. That's true. That's true. But she's doing her thing, looking all young and fabulous there. Is she gonna be in the new Bad Boys Three, which well, I think they fil- they just finished filming? And that's the thing. She said she's like, I'm waiting for my call. See. Isn't that messed up? Oh, so I guess that she wasn't in it, Ruth. But isn't that hell- they probably got some young person. Mm, but isn't that hella- to be a love interest? But isn't that hell? Well, she plays Martin Lawrence's sister in it. Oh, yeah, she plays a sister. She's not like a love interest for Will Smith or anything. I think they had flirted, but she was doing her own cop thing. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So they need to get Gabrielle Union. You can't do Bad Boys Three without her, and you give her a spinoff show, and they don't even like bring her in for like a little scene. That like really frustrates me because Gabrielle Union. Oh my god. <laughs> it frustrates Maya too. <laughs> Maya's upset. She understands the talent of Gabrielle Union. Yes. Also, like every time I try to talk, she's like, "Let me talk too. Let me get in there. Let me get in this. I got some things about Gabby Union." I also, know. I I feel like it also goes back to like how in sequels of action movies, how like display like what's the word replaceable women are. Oh, uh, I mean, I think you said it. 
Oh, is I that the word? Was, I don't, is there another <laughs> word? I didn't know. I think that's it. Yeah, because even like in the like Mission Impossible movies, they're like, yeah. Paul, Paul Patton was like, I'm busy. I'm shooting something. I'm shooting that World War War Warcraft movie. Yeah, they're and like, then they're like, right, okay, we'll on. get fucking Tandy Newton and then we'll get some other ladies. And we'll then... get this British lady or something. Yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. Whatever. So. Oh, man. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, anyways. I'm not 43. I'm 34. But... Long way about it. Back at it. <laughs> but everybody on fucking Facebook is like, what are you? Oh, my God. You look so good for 43. Even though in your caption, you literally said the balloons blow around from 34 to 43. <laughs> People are still like, I'm glad I got you in my future. Oh, my God. What? Is that how old you are? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-mm. Yeah, and like Aneke hit it on the point. She was like, "These must be new friends," yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, because <laughs> if you be knowing me, you know yes. I am not 43. And ain't nothing wrong with it. Like I'm ready when my time is yeah. ready. And like honestly, I do wish I was 43 because I would look so damn good for 43. It's the truth, but it's not even like the age thing. It's like you'd be missing out on nine years. I know, and which I thought good math on your part. Yeah, because I thought I thought 11, but um. It's night. I am breastfeeding this child again and recording the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Happy anniversary. But look how much we've grown when we first started. You were not yeah, married. You did not have a baby. Was I was just like, yeah, let me just roll up and record <laughs> with you. <laughs> you would just come over. Mm-hmm. It was in the summer. You would Summertime in Neke. You would come yep. over to my house. We would sip some wine. Now and I'm fucking. Have a fight and have a yeah. fight about Tesla. <laughs> Now I'm like fucking National Geographic with a titty out, fucking nursing this baby <laughs> hot ass room, making our poor, wonderful editor Woody work hard. But you know, <laughs> he's working hard for that today. Working hard for that Woo! anniversary episode. We're doing this. We got we are this doing shit. It. I know. Um, etiquette about. Do you think that when someone comes to an event like a party, should they bring something? I usually bring either a gift or a bottle of something. Hmm. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. But sometimes I've just shown up, but it depends on how close I am to that person or oh, what type okay. of party it is, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I personally hate, like, I feel such guilt about going, even if it's like a family, like a family member's having like a function or something. Like, I try to bring like something, yeah, like, no, whether that's it's nice. even like napkins, they always need more napkins or paper plates okay. or just beverages or snacks yeah. or something. Yeah. I guess it just was given a little side eye. Like I was appreciative of those who did show up. Uh, oh, to but Sunday in the Park with James? To Sunday in the Park with James. But I just, you know, bring a little something. Especially if you're going to be chowing down or drinking, drinking on stuff. I always figure, like, I'm going to drink enough at least. Like, if I want to drink, I'm going to bring something. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I wouldn't bring anything is if I'm, like, stressed the fuck out, invited last sure. minute, not feeling good yes. or something like that. But I always bring something, like a bottle something. or something, you know? Yeah. It makes me feel better I, when I'm dipping my hand in to pull out whatever other thing is there to drink <laughs> or eat. I could be like, well, Egg. I brought that thing over there. <laughs> totally. That's my thought process, too. So I, there was one person who just brought, like, a McDonald's for themselves okay, no. to this no. picnic in the park. <laughs> no. The only time I've done something like that was just for, like, a casual friend hanging out at their living room oh, i brought sure. some dollar tacos but i was pregnant yeah so you were there you go and th- that's totally fine that's totally fine but a party mm. you bring something you bring something so just i wasn't sure if it's like a is like a millennial thing that's happening like a generational thing we like, are did millennials we forget? 
I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm adopting that. Like I'm getting used to saying okay, that. Yeah. Like I'm trying to figure out what our, what's going on with our generation. I don't know. I think it might be, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe it's a New York thing. Ooh, I said and I, it. I will say Ooh. you did. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm obs- I'm observing because I do because I kind of have said this before. Like, I think especially in New York, everyone is so busy. Yeah, it's true. That people will just like literally people will just show it up for like 10 minutes and then they were out. And I'm like, but that's not how games you do a party. You go and you hang you, out. You hang out. And especially like and I I don't know, like you just never know how much effort someone puts into an event or something, too. So if you are, I would say if you did RSVP and you are going to go like really make the effort to go and like be there mm-hmm. because I put, I put a lot of time and effort and I plan a lot of activities and exercises and games and right. you know, people would come for 10 minutes or just not show up at all. I mean, they said they were going to, mm-hmm. um, and I get it. Everyone's really busy, but I was warned about this from an ex-boyfriend who used to live here in New York. He said the difference between people in New York and the Bay area, yeah. the people in the Bay area actually like they'll say they're going to go to something and they show up Yeah, it's like true. in New York. Like people will say that they're going to go to something and they won't show up. Or if they do, they'll come for like 10 minutes because everyone is just so busy here. Yeah, no, that's not the way it works. In the Bay Area, a maybe is a no. If someone's like, maybe I'll come, they're not coming. But if they say yes, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to be there. So um, I just think that I feel like California gets such a flack for like, Being you know, flaky or yada, whatever. Yeah. But I looking at you, New York, because y'all don't be showing up. You be showing and your if you faces. Do, it's like five minutes because you're so, you know. Nope. But thank you to everybody who did come. That was nice. But I wish I could have wh- gone. So- that would have been so you much fun. You would have a good time. I would have brought a little Maya because park time little is Maya. Like baby time. Perfect time, yeah. And don't forget, if you go to an event, bring something. If you're going to be chowing down or drinking, drinking. Just like, a br- it's not hard to bring a bottle of something or two liter of <laughs> soda, not. some a bag of chips. Yeah. A bag of chips. Again, the people always need more plates. It's so you true. show up with plates, you've won. Yeah. You've won the party. Because nobody shows up with plates, honestly. Nobody does. And we need them. I you know. need a plate. I know. I Ooh, I did see I treated myself to Toy Story movies, Pixar movies always come out around so my did birthday. You see so Toy Story Four? I did. Was it and worth it? I, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite Toy Story movie. What? I know, I know, I know I said it. And it's got rave reviews, what? too. Yeah, I've been hearing it got good reviews, which is crazy for it, a fourth, you for know. For a fourth movie. Yeah. Yes. Here's what I will say. Look at the receipts of Pixar. It's true. They won't do it. They do a sequel when they feel like it. How many years between Incredibles 1 and Incredibles 2? Like 14 years. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah. So it's like they're not, they're never doing something for a cash grab because they got stories. Yeah, they like, do. They do. And so you watch this and you're like, oh, this was a story that they really felt they wanted to tell. And I forget the guy who he got into some hashtag me too trouble. Oh, like he who? was, I forget the guy oh, who was the like a brainchild guy. Behind. Yes. Yes. So apparently when they were doing Toy Story 3, he actually already had the idea for this story and they just were working on it and trying to do it and trying to make sure it was getting done right. And so mm. they just spent nine years working on it. Oh, wow. That's and quality. this movie expl- because he wanted to tell this love story between Bo and Woody. Bo Peep and Woody. Aww. And I forgot that Bo Peep wasn't even in the third one. She wasn't. The- and I forgot. And they, they totally explained what happened in this one. Oh, so shit. It's, That's good. I need yeah. to revamp- I revisit the first three. And then because yes. I 
I love the Toy Story movies. They're great. They're wonderful. And did you know that Andrew and I, my husband, one mm-hmm. our um, second date was to see Toy Story three. Oh yeah, wow! I know. Wow, I remember seeing that for my birthday. I turned twenty five, and it was such like a that movie is so about sort of like ending your child sort know. of like childhood growing so up, that, yeah. passing on growing the baton. up. Ugh. Yes. So, and this one kind of takes it even a little bit deep in a different way of like letting go and transitioning. Mm, I'm like interested in this existential about. shit with fucking Forky or whatever. That sounds bananas. Oh, yeah. The Forky stuff is also good. And also just very layered. Like who you think is like what they do a really good job of like villains aren't so black and white. Like mm. everyone is very complex in the movie. Yeah. And they have a very like this point like robust cast of characters and yeah, everyone do. gets their moment to shine. Uh, they really develop Bo and Peep and like a lot of female characters in this as well. Oh, and dive, like the back, you know how you look into the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know I got my eyes on who's in the background. A diverse as fuck well, it's background. Pixar. Pixar, they do a good ass job with having diverse people in the background now. I was so blown away. Oh, and just like a I lot of like it. and just like the cause also too, I would say like I think it wasn't like there wasn't a lot of female characters in like the first two pick uh, right, right. Toy Story ones, but this one it's like really even. They've oh, definitely good. caught up with the times. Aww. It was really impressive. Oh, yeah. I love it. That it's, gives me a lot of hope, and also Key and Peele are in it. Oh my god, stealing the show! They do a good job. Like, there's such wild moments when you're just like, I feel like they came up with this little bit. Like, That's awesome. they, it's I'm there's a there's like these bits that happen where I feel like I'm watching an episode of Key and Peele. Oh, hell yeah. What about (laughs) Jordan Peele, though? I feel like he's such, like, a big-time director now that... Did he Mm. dial it in, or is he, like... He, um, I feel... No, he was there. He was, you know, they had a really good dynamic. I do think... Uh, Kegel Mike and Key definitely like steals the show. Oh, He's okay, definitely yeah. the wilder of the two. Right. The way his character is. Yeah. But they were they were dope. It's just I I was surprised how good it was gonna be because I was like, four, okay. Right? Or, you know. I know. But never forget, Police Academy Five was one of the best of the police academies. Wow, you pulled that out of thin ass <laughs> air. I don't was even remember that. Um oh, have you heard about the new Pixar movie? No. It's they just came out with the title and it's called Soul. <gasps> yes, okay, I that have heard about it. Spooky crazy good to me. Like I think it and it's I think it goes through New York City and then like through the cosmos. So like I think you yes. travel through like someone's soul, which is wild. Yeah. But I trust yeah. them. Inside Out was glorious. I Get get your tissue box ready to go. I definitely even Toy Story four got me in the end. There wow. was a little that got me. Wow, Man. is They've it over it over or is there potential for more? I could see it going either way, and I could see it like honestly, I could see them not doing another one for another ten years. Uh, like got I could it. see them doing that. But if they did one in another three years, I could see it never happening again, or it could... It, and it was also felt so satisfying. Like, I didn't need another one, but if they make another one, I'll go. Oh, I trust wow. them. Okay, because three like, ended super satisfying. So I, yeah, that's why totally. I was surprised, you know? Yes, but this one will also end satisfying as well. Okay, good. Ooh, you're giving it glowing yeah. reviews. I'm excited. <laughs> it's I I feel like it's not often that I'm able to give that we give such glowing reviews to anything. I know. <laughs> wow. Ah. Uh, oh, also, speak it into existence. You know how we be doing that on the show? Mm-hmm. 
you know who's who's gonna be know know who's getting a movie? Who? Ma Rainey, yes, who we, we had talked, talked about. about few, we literally just talked about this. Yes. We literally Viola Davis is gonna be playing Ma Rainey, a uh, yes. acclaimed queer blues singer. Do a better job than HBO did with the fucking Bessie Smith version. Bessie? <laughs> God. Oh, Bessie. Oh, speaking of Queen Latifah, that reminds me, getting back to my Mary J. Blige vine. Okay. Do you know that Queen Latifah is executive producing season three of the Scream TV series that's going to be on VH1? What? Yes. That is the weirdest fact you have ever given me. It's going to get weirder. Mary J. Blige is also in it. What is happening? Yeah, so it's Kiki Palmer, which I think is nah, interesting because Kiki Palmer, that. she was on Scream Queen, so I think it's interesting that she's going to be the lead in the Scream, the TV series, but there's hella black people in the Scream series, so they're able to, like, urbanize it without bringing it to the ghetto, like, like Leprechaun this. in the Hood. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> my money's on Mary J. Blige being Ghostface. Oh my God, stop this. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and fun fact, because I was obsessed with the Scream quadrilogy yeah and they had four uh, too they, they had yes they did their four did not go over as well with people mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean they kind of got cheaper and cheaper as it went well the third one kevin williamson who did the first two wasn't even involved with the third one which why the third one felt like a scooby-doo mystery yeah like parker posey was hella cheesing it up in it she's, i she is a cheesy actress i mean i love parker she's posey but she's a, oh my she's god yeah you throw in a sc- you throw in a screen movie, she's just going to be giving you shits and giggles. Uh-huh. I, but yes, yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, the scream. I just thought that was so random. Oh, the guy who does the original voice, who's also the same guy who plays Freddy Cougar. Oh my God, he, that guy. I didn't know he did a voice yeah. of Scream. Yeah, he does oh. have ghost face. He does it. So he wasn't involved in the first two seasons of Scream, the TV series, which I saw. It was pretty fun. Uh, but did. he's back to be the, the voice. So. James, I didn't even know that what? there was this TV series. <laughs> you gotta be looking on the Googles. Oh my God. I am so out of the I, loop. I used to be in the loop. I used to know this shit. I even watched VH1. I watched me some Basketball Wives. Okay. I did not even know VH1 was still... I've not, I can't think about the last time I saw Surreal Life. I used to watch that on VH1. Yeah. I mean, now it's all like Love and Hip Hop, 10 billion franchises, Black Ink Crew, 10 billion franchises. Basketball mm. Wives, and I guess Scream. <laughs> yeah, now, and now Scream, which is just like, where are we? What's happening? I feel like this franchise is being so just wrung out the washcloth. It's like, what else can wild, we get out of it? Wild. Uh. <laughs> oh, well, well, we got a clip-ass show for you guys. Well, in honor of our anniversary, we wanted to dig into the archives of some of our favorite segments over the past year. Yes, I'm so excited. What did you pick? So I got, um, my favorite segment is kind of a B-side, but I wanted to revisit it because it was so interesting. It's about the Gullah Geechee people that are Ooh, um, yes. off of the East Coast. I go into who they are, what they represent. We kind of get a little confused about the TV show and all of that. <laughs> it's episode 147 if you want to check out the whole thing. But that's what I kind of, I feel like that's like a deep cut that I wanted to get into. Oh, yes. I, well, I had very, it was, it was a Sophie's Choice, which it wasn't really, I should never use that phrase again. I know, that's a Um, tough movie. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not choosing between which of my two children the Nazi doctor is going to murder. That's not what I'm doing. 
So anytime someone's like, it's a regular Sophie's Choice, be like, really? Really was it? How did that, was it? How did the term turn into such like a colloquial kind of thing? It's so awful. <laughs> we need to not use it. So I that's know. why I, I, I'm calling myself to the witness stand and I'm putting myself on trial for this. And I'm glad I'm, you are. Thank you for bringing attention to that because <laughs> that's tough. Because you know. Yeah, you know, the corner kids, they're susceptible. They hear us laughing and giggling, and then they go off in the playground, and then they're saying it. it, (laughs) We've got to take care of our babies. So mine was tough. I really wanted to do uh, the James Baldwin segment that we did in honor of it is the last weekend of Pride. Yes. But I one of my favorite ones that I did this year... Well, it was just so much fun. I just really enjoyed telling the story of it. I love a story from history that you can also laugh and giggle about and give lots of props. So I, it was actually when uh, you were not here, it was when I was working, uh, Gloria was guest hosting and we talked about Stagecoach Mary and uh, Robert Smalls, the escaped uh, slave pirate. And I I just thought. I thought their stories were so interesting. Stagecoach Mary is kind of, I would say, kind of queer in some way because she was playing with gender and expectations and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of get underneath, get into pride with her with that one. But I just enjoy the story because they're just so crazy. Their stories are so crazy and so epic. Mm. And I think bear listening to you again. And I just had a great time telling these stories. Oh, I love it. And I'm glad that you're revisiting the time that I wasn't there because you really put in the work and held down the fort and... <laughs> So, yes, let's throw that in the Well, mix. and I guess that also acknowledges just the wild year that we've had, because it's also giving uh, acknowledgement to just, like, you had a baby this year. So this was part of season four. Yep, exactly. It's been a <laughs> wild-ass ride, but I couldn't imagine doing it without you, James. So oh, it's likewise. Like, wonderful. 186 episodes. I... And also, too, I know we're about to go to the segments, but I'm just so grateful because we were already like best friends, family, yeah. whatnot. But this has like deepened our relationship oh like God. to a whole other level that like, like I way deeper. And I can't even be like, like, fuck y'all audience right now. This is just me talking to James. <laughs> like, I am so thankful for this experience even if you know we don't get like the fame and fortune that we deserve but (laughs) yes we're waiting it's it's the fact that i've been able to get closer and truly become like you know family siblings Mm. is Mm -hmm. so special and wonderful to me likewise i like this podcast is like and it is like i want to give us props like i the audience is like can you just get to the segments but you know what this is our anniversary episode and i wanted to shoot us some props because it's hard like doing this show every week after week and we it's a lot we put out more episodes than you know seth myers does or you know any of those other people you know we put out a lot of content and because we care and and it's been such a blessing to go through this experience with you because not only has have we bonded but i feel like i have grown so much into Mm -hmm. a human being on this planet through doing this show of like being a queer black man also just a person because we explore so many other different cultures and stories um and just being able to create the space i've been so fortunate 
and also just like helping you all. Like we've helped you all through different issues and when the election happened and being able to be that space. And also vice um, versa. You guys have informed us and educated us too when we've fallen short and I really appreciate that. You do as not well. hesitate and we love that. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I just, and also just to, to the listeners, some of you have been here from the get-go, some of you have just joined, but we're uh, incredibly grateful uh, to have had you on for as many episodes as you listened, because uh, without you, there's no show. Aw, thanks, guys. Now, All right. enjoy well, these we? clips. Yes. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. These are really hard questions. They are really hard questions. I don't have any answers for that. I don't either. Sack of garbage. No. The end of the show will just be five minutes of Biz and Teresa crying and screaming until the outro is played. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anneke's Corner, Anneke's yeah. Corner, Anneke, queen of my life. Wow, that's a big... I, I know. I, you sure? know, I couldn't... Yeah, you know, <laughs> I stopped in the middle of the song. I don't know if you notice. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like I just proposed to you. That's a like, big... Maybe I should go to my mom. I don't know. <laughs> uh, how about Anneke's Corner, yeah. Anneke's Corner, uh-huh. one of the queens of my life. She's the queen of my life. A democratic queen. response. <laughs> there good. are several like queens. That. You're yes. a queen. She's a queen. We're all queens. That's but Aneke is also one. I like that. Thank and you. And it's her corner. Oh, it's still going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's done. Okay. So with, after that lovely, lovely <laughs> intro, uh, this I want to talk about this because we just, um, the East Coast has just been beaten up by all these hurricanes and tropical depressions and tropical storms and all of that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times um, people that you, um, cultures and people and um, neighborhoods get destroyed that you wouldn't even know about. Like normally people pay attention to the big cities when there's floods and shit happening, but the Mm -hmm. smaller kind of communities, not necessarily. So I um, was reading colorlines.com, as I do, and they were talking about how this one community in um, on the southeast could be hit hard after the tropical depression of Florence. I think mm. it was Hurricane Florence, but then it got um, demoted down to tropical depression. But still, there's a lot of flooding and all of that. Um, so both Mother Jones and Color Lines... Or they talk about how black homeowners um, could, in this region, basically Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, Florida, could be hit hard, probably recovering from a lot of flooding, damage from the storms. But I've the thing that's fascinating to me is it's actually like, it isn't just like a collective of people living in an area, it's like a culture. Really? Yeah. From Jackson to Jackson? Yes, and um, they're called the Gullah Geechee Nation. 
Um, what? So, wow. I, yeah. I've never so, heard of them. Exactly. In our own backyard. Okay. Yes. And I really wanted to look into it because it's really cool because it did sound a little familiar to me. And I'm sure okay. this is familiar to you. Do you remember ever hearing about a TV show called Gullah Gullah Island? Gullah Gullah Island? Yes. And in yes. fact, when you t- every time you've mentioned it, that's yeah. what I thought you were going to just talk about the history of Gullah Gullah Island, which I, I was here for. <laughs> um, which but is, is this where this comes from? from that. Yeah. With Binga Binga. I hated Binga Binga. With was that that giant passion. yellow puppet frog? Oh, he was always annoying. He was okay, just messing so things see, up. There's no giant yellow puppet frogs hopping good. around over there. Well, so they good, kind of, you know. Because if there was, I cancel my vacation because I'm not going. Exactly. But since he's not there, then I'll go. Okay, so. Oh, wait, yeah. sidebar. Uh-huh. The dad in that show, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure is the same dad that's in That So Raven. So oh, I was excited to see him get work. Okay, good. I'm glad yeah. that, you know, actors getting jobs. I love that. I could be wrong, but that's how I remember him. Oh, okay. Well, I decided to look up the Gullah, Gullah, the Gullah Geechee Nation and to see what mm-hmm. they were about because it's fascinating to me. And also, I don't think the show Gullah Gullah Island really, I didn't really watch it. I kind of was too old for it. So I, don't I know. wasn't. Okay. 1994 to 1998, but I only did like ni- 1996. You're holding on to your I'm going <laughs> to. I did two years at Galaga's Island. There was something okay. else on Nick Jr. The kids were annoying as fuck Stop on that show. I'm reading up on it right now. <laughs> You're like Four seasons. Ass facts about Galaga Island right now. They asked for it. They want this. Okay, oh, it wasn't the, the same dad. Okay, sorry, we but it's not are... the same dad. Oh, okay. Oh well, just another black guy. So yeah. Okay, so basically to give just, I wanted to inform you guys about the Gullah Gullah, the Gullah Geechee Nation. I can't say Gullah Gullah. <laughs> yeah, you're getting it God wrong. God damn it. Okay, so I got this information from GullahGeecheeNation.com. Um, the Gullah Geechee Nation exists from um, Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida. As you said, Jackson to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. Yeah. It encompasses all the sea islands and 30 to 35 miles inland to the St. John's mm. River. So it is islands. It's like island people. So wow. on these islands, people from numerous African ethnic groups linked with indigenous Americans and created the unique Gullah language and tradition from which later came Geechee. So the Gullah Geechee people have been considered a nation within a nation from the time of chattel enslavement to the United States um, in the United States until they officially became an internationally recognized nation on July 2nd, 2000. What? And wait, wait, so how far off the coast are they? Jack, Jack to Jack. Oh, wait, they're on the land. Okay. I'm so yes. confused. So they're in the U.S. I'm sorry. I'm yes. having a really... No, this is good. So they're Let's not break it on down. Because I'm sorry, I'm like, I want to ask questions. There's no such thing. Teacher, teacher. Ask so the questions. They're not. They're on the physical land of the United States of America. Yes, but I mean, From islands Jackson are, to Jackson. are a part of American coastal line. Oh, so, but it is an island. The, so there's various islands. So, okay, what it is is, so from, so think of a map and you locate yes. where Jacksonville, North Carolina is, which is on the coast, to Jacksonville, Florida, which is also on the coast. And it, yes. and it encompasses all the little islands that are oh, in that region. Uh, okay. okay. And also 35 miles inland. Okay. But the right. islands are, that's America. 
Okay. So like, it's still you part know, of the U.S. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you're okay. currently on an island. That's the United States. I am. Yeah. So it's not exotic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah. Okay. That I just, you know what? I guess I, yeah, I guess I didn't think that there were islands. But like, mm-hmm. like you're, you're, well, you grew up on an island too that was yeah, in the Alameda. U.S. called mm-hmm. Alameda. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm got it. Okay. I got cool. It. So it's like little American islands, which kind of makes it sound <laughs> not as exotic, but you get what it is. Little American Island. I just feel like if I were to go pack my bags and vacation there, I would be disappointed. Like, no, or maybe I won't. I think it probably okay. is nice. A lot of the islands off of America are pretty tropical. Like Key West. Okay. And all yes, the little right. keys are really nice. I love and Tybee Island off of um, Georgia, around Savannah, Georgia is really nice. Mm. American I guess I just Island- kept thinking about like Manhattan. I'm like, it is not well, cute. I mean, or like, Al- that's like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no tropicalness happening. <laughs> it's not a quiet little beach town. <laughs> no, not not relaxing. Don't do it. Not relaxing. No, but there's I would honestly, I think I think that more people need to take vacations to these little American islands that are off the coast yeah. because they're kind of cool, you know. In your own little backyard. Yeah, I need to I go love to Catalina Island. West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. It's right there. Yeah. Okay. You forget we are got so many islands. Holy yes. fuck. But here's the cool thing, even more, like, because of those islands, like, I love how they became an internationally recognized nation. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. So, yeah, kind of cool. like how there's, like, Native American nations, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, they, this happened on July 2nd, 2000. At the time of their declaration as a nation, they confirmed the election of their first head pun devotee. Which is the head of state, an official spoke per- spokesperson, and oh, you'll love this term, queen mother. Oof, yes, mm, I'm here for it. Is yeah. it starring Angela Bassett? It should Was be. She it? They mm-hmm. elected Queen Qu- Quiet. It's like Q U E T. Queet Queen Queet. She is a chiefess and also the head of state for the Gullah Geechee Nation. Dope. Isn't that cool? Who run the world? She do. Yeah. So um, they have their own declaration. And their declaration is to preserve, protect, and promote our history, culture, language, and homeland, and to institute and demand official recognition of the governance rights necessary to accomplish our mission to take care of community through collective efforts, which will provide a healthy environment, care for the well-being of each person, and economic empowerment. Mm. Um, They have their own flag. And their freaking constitution is 21 pages long. Damn. They did not come to, they came, did not come to play. They were like, we want to make sure all the rules are set (laughs) out so nothing crazy can happen. I want to read their constitution. I wonder what it says about guns. It is on GullahGeecheeNation.com. So you can definitely check it out there. Can I just move to Gullah Geechee Nation if I'm like, fuck but that, I'm still an American. You can American. move to that area, and you can be an American, but I don't know if they'd recognize you as a part of the culture. Cause you, I wonder if I'd take like a citizen test or something. I don't think so. Okay, and so <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a language. So the Gullah language began as a simplified form of communication among people of different languages, including European slave traders, slave owners, and diverse African ethnic groups. The vocabulary and grammatical roots come from European and African languages. Gullah Geechee language is the only distinctly 
distinctly African Creole language in the United States and has influenced traditional Southern vocabulary and speech patterns. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it is the only African Creole language in the United States. So like um, from African words and stuff, it's like black people held onto their culture in that area and was able to infuse it with all the other cultures coming in to create this Gullah Geechee type of um, tradition. It feels like a hidden American Wakanda. I feel like you're telling me yeah. that Wakanda exists and it's in America. Just no technology. <laughs> yeah, but they got language. Yeah, they also got arts, crafts, and music too. You want to hear about okay. that? Uh, yes, you know I love my arts, crafts, and musics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the art of making casts for fishing has been passed down by enslaved Africans brought to the southeast eastern shore of the United States. Um, Gullah Geechee people continue to use the nets to harvest from the sea island waterways. But the tradition is labor intensive and artists are dwindling in numbers as younger generations have lost interest, unfortunately. Mm. Um, Probably to like their iPhones. I know, Get off I mean, your phones. I yeah. seen you at those bar mitzvahs. Get off the phones. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so angry. <laughs> I know, you're still... Oof. Okay, um, and then um, African textile traditions that include sewing strips of cloth into larger patterns were combined with European quilting methods and a Creole art form emerged. Quilts with bright colors and designs were originally made for necessity. These traditions also allowed women a time for social interaction. So a lot of a lot of the Gullah Geechee tradition is very much rooted in um, some of the African traditions that were brought over here, which yeah. I feel like is super special because um, a lot of African tradition in other parts of the world was completely lost. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know anything that's going on with like, I mean, there's some vague sense of my African tradition, but not really, you know? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. And so I can imagine like, you know, the families that are part of this culture specifically, it's really beautiful because they're they're so close. They're closer to many of the, the men, many of us to like the, mm-hmm. the, the culture back in like the, yeah, the motherland. Yeah, this is that like was- tying us to. Our cult, like it's tying us. Like I, I think yeah. it's great for Black people to, to get involved in this, even if you aren't directly a part of the Gullah Geechee Yeah, nation. I mean, it seems like that's actually a worthwhile. Like when I, I'm gonna pack up my kids and my, you know, family, and we're taking a, we're taking a vacation to the Gullah Geechee Nation. Yes. I mean, it's first of all probably cheaper to fly there than going back to like you know Africa, West Africa or something. Yeah, yeah. it is. And I mean, I think you'd probably even. I feel like I I don't know this, but I know some people have gone back to like the motherland and had it's kind of an anticlimactic experience. I'm not saying that for everybody, but I know people who have. But they yeah. just didn't feel as like welcomed, open armed. Yeah, and I've heard that whereas too. like. Whereas, like, I feel like this, they're like, "Hey, you yeah, know? they're like, you're, I'm Black American, you're Black American. You're Black American, <laughs> and we speak this other language. Want to learn how to quilt? This is your heritage, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so African songs are the foundation for what may be referred to as Gullah music, deeply rooted in music traditions brought to the Americas by enslaved Africans. The music evolved out of the conditions of slavery to care characterize their lives the influence and evolution of musical forms that arose out of Gullah music can be heard in many musical genres including um, spirituals 
gospel music, ragtime, mm. rhythm and blues, soul, hip hop, and jazz. So basically, Gullah music has been that has touched everything. So wow. there, it's a deep connection. It's basically if you want to see the pathways between um, Africa to America and really kind of see the connection, it, Gullah Geechee community, na- nation, people, they're that pathway. Um, I wanted to point you to, since you were talking about visiting, um, the National Park Service. Yeah. They designated this area in um, Williamton, North Carolina. Um, there, So basically the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Corridor um, it starts in Williamton, North Carolina, to the north, um, and then to Jacksonville, Florida, and the south. That the Congress designated that area as the Gullah Geechee area. So you can visit. There's a park. There's um, all of this different stuff that you can do. There's you know a home where was, where the first freed slaves. Um, like lived and the first schools were there um it's really interesting and the pictures are fascinating they're kind of um missionary looking a little bit but also Mm. real swampy so Mm -hmm. it's it's i think it would be a cool trip to take if you find yourself in that area yeah i just i my mind is blown it's this thing that i just did not know was there it's just right in my own backyard that's fucking amazing i know (laughs) so cool so and now it does put like Gullah Gullah's island into a different perspective for me doesn't it and (laughs) a hugely different perspective that like it was actually has like cultural significance yeah like like, it's a big it's kind of cool (laughs) that they were able to create like such a like a fun children's show out of like something so deeply American and not really um, talked well, about. And I wish I would have had the context because to me what I saw and like I was just on uh, Wikipedia and so this is like their first African-American, like fully African-American show that they did mm. on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it like to me it just seemed like, oh, they're just showing black people's like, from like I, in that time growing up, like I feel like I you were teased of like you know Africanness was you were it was yeah like that were, was African used, booty shit you know yeah the African booty shit and so it seemed like it was it wasn't a cool thing to be like oh I'm watching Gala Gala's Island and like but like now looking back I'm like Wakanda forever so yeah, like exactly. fuck yeah Gala Gala Island <laughs> give me that they should bring Gala Gala Island back like now is the time because it, it would be yeah now and is make the time. it real. Like, make it, like, yeah. yeah and don't gullet. bring no binga binga up onto this. No, Say we don't need frog. no giant yellow puppet frog. I don't need him. We don't. Give me well, nightmares. Well, that's the Gullah Gullah people. Okay, or Gullah Gullah. Gullah Geechee. <laughs> yeah, Gullah Gullah is not a real is thing, a TV but Gullah show. Geechee. <laughs> they are real. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. Break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. <laughs> okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as libertarian, Mario. <laughs> and of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to 
to get to heaven, sometimes you got to raise a little hell. Oh, that's the tagline! <laughs> Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Oh, to get movies? Yeah, see, let's get some fucking movies out here. <laughs> Wait, what if it's not... Okay, yes! <laughs> let's get some fucking movies in here. Go. Uh, oh, wait, this is your music. Oh, no, what's the, what's the song? Give it to me. <laughs> I was gonna do some owl shit, that's it. Ow! <laughs> yeah! Movie time! Ow! Yeah! Okay. Black okay. people in movies. Okay! Yes! A jingle! <laughs> we love jingle jingles. Uh, okay, so okay. I... Uh, courtesy of The View, because, you know, I watch The View, like, every morning, every day. Okay. Uh, and they've been doing, like, a really good job of, like, uh, black people. Like, like you think you know? Like, like they just feed you the same ones yeah, in school. They're, like, Lane. Rosa yeah. Parks and, you know. And they've got the... We'll circle back to Rosa Parks, but, like, yeah. she wasn't just some tired old lady on a yeah, bus. right. She was a freedom fighter. Yeah. It was very staged. Yeah. And, anyways, but we'll put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. That's not today. Yeah. Um, so there's two that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if we'll... Th- this first one might take up so much time, we might have to put a pin in it and come back okay. later. Uh, but the first one is Stagecoach Mary. Have you ever heard of Stagecoach Mary? I actually haven't. Boom! Right. See? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you her story, you're gonna be like, this needs to be a fucking movie. Okay. So, she was a hard-drinking, quick-shooting mail carrier, and she wore men's clothing and had a gun. She, like, could shoot a fucking oh, gun. This is the 1890s. Uh, so Wait, she w- what's her name again? Stagecoach Mary. Okay. I'm gonna look her up. You wanna see how badass she is? I wanna see. I gotta know. Yeah, you're gonna visualize her. So, she was the first African-American woman to kill male and she stood out on the trail and she was like a, uh, oh there's a huge it's a huge huge legend um she was born mary fields in oh, 1832 yeah. born into slavery because that's mm. what was happening yeah that's what was happening at the time in, right so some people like think that she was born and like they're not sure exactly when and where because of slavery it's hard to have exact like dates and locations of where black folks were born back then so that's why it's really hard for us mm. to do like the 23 and me because like our trail only goes back so far yeah so she was well first of all i don't I don't want to do 23 and me. We'll talk about that later. They'll take your DNA. They're and trying clones. to right. They're doing the most. Y'all walling when y'all be submitting to that. But let, let me not fuck with your advertising dollars. <laughs> <laughs> They're not coming our way. Right. Uh, so she was maybe born like Hickman County, Tennessee, somewhere in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And after the Civil War, she was like, "Fuck this! I'm getting out of this place. I don't want to be here in Slaveryville anymore." I would have been. She was like, "I'm out." So right. she got on the Mississippi River. She was doing some odd jobs, working her way up the river, rolling. Rolling mm-hmm. up the river right. as you do, and then um she became a nun. Natural progression, but mind you, she loved to drink. But she was a nun at the Ursuline Convent of the Sacred Heart in Toledo, Ohio. Okay, this made me realize too. Like I have family on my dad's side from Ohio as well, and now I understand why there's like a good amount of black people who end up going up to Ohio. Yeah, there's a there's a book on it. I I forgot the name of it. Because like after slavery, you just yeah. go up the Mississippi River, you end up in Ohio, you get as far as ways you can, and I think that's also where the Black Wall. Street ended up in Ohio as well, which mm-hmm. white people then came in and slaughtered all the black people who were making money and massacred them. Yeah. We I, talked about that in another episode before. Sorry, I think the book was called The Great Migration. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was. What were we saying about the something that someone got slaughtered? Oh, there was a, the I think it was the Tulsa riots, the Black oh, yeah. Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was in Ohio. Okay. Okay, and we got our fact checker yo, over yo, here. Yo, I'm <laughs> loving it. Usually I'm just like, do, 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 do. I don't know. Figure it out. Google it. Because people don't Google. Oh, really? They don't. They just take everything I yeah, say for it. Yeah. Truth is truth. It was in Ohio. <laughs> oh, it was in Ohio? Yeah. See, I be right. knowing things. Ow, I got this information on my... Yeah. I remember things. Yeah. Okay, so she went up to Ohio, 
and she was like, sweet, I'm going to be a nun. This sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow, she that, liked to drink and she liked her cigars. But I think she just liked maybe like the safety yeah. of nuns. Maybe she was a lesbian. We don't know. I don't yeah, know. Don't she never know. had any children. So, but she was like, I'm around these ladies. So the nuns complained that she was loud and difficult. What? AKA she was black. Probably like, saying that like, <laughs> even back then, there were, it was a white it's convent, like obviously. Assertive. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Code she for... had a temper. Right. She was black, in case so you didn't okay, know. So she was dealing with the shit we're dealing with now, incorporated. Same old story. Okay, yep. It's a tale as old as time. Right. Going back to Siempre Bruja. Right. <laughs> Right. So she was like, so she eventually went out to Montana. She was getting so much harassment there. Mm-hmm. She eventually went out to Montana, out to the West, because her BFF, Mother Superior, Mother Amadeus Dune, who was the only white lady who really got her. Yeah. So Amadeus Dune was out there, and she was like, she started like a school for, um, it's called the Blackfoot People, which I think was a Native American tribe. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay, know. Okay. I have to Google that Sometimes, you know, sometimes things cross. They do. But I'm actually assuming she was so she started a school there she was working with the Jesuit priest there and it was like the, it was at the wild west things were great mm. but I do think she was starting in a, I think it was an assimilation tribe but a lot of times when they were, they were indoctrinating the young Native American children mm. they were like go to this school okay. and they were like lose all your customs essentially oh. so I think that was happening so that's... the one white lady she trusted had wait <laughs> I don't know for sure if that's what the school was doing but historically that's what the schools kind of did nah, and I believe it honestly oh man it's kind I know what's happening. You know, sometimes we befriend, we befriend the wrong way. But the but. West was the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the place. Um, so she went out there because her friend was sick. Sister mm-hmm. Amadeus Dune was sick. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mary went out there and she nursed her friend back to life because, you know, black girl magic right. was still happening there. Forever. Siempre Siempre Buha. Buha. Right. The, the revamped version. <laughs> the better version. She's right. not trying to go back to be no slave. Right. Right. Uh, so, oh, but, oh, here's the thing. So folks were nervous about Stagecoast Mary being around. Again, code word mm-hmm. for yeah. she was black. Right. Uh, because there was rumors of her behavior, especially of, like her drinking, her smoking, her shooting guns, wearing men's clothing. So like people would just like let her live, you mm-hmm. know, let her I be like her. Um, but they were like not having it. So she got the boot. And so then she was an independent woman and she was like, fuck this. I'm going to do my own thing. She was a 20th century woman stuck in the 19th century, you know? Right, right. She was ahead of her time. So she... I was, would love to, honestly, like, James, you sold me. I would love to learn more about Mary Fields and see the movie. Yeah. Well, like, I'm going to tell you more about her. Okay, no, I know, but I want to see the movie. I think This that, is so badass, right? Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten to the good parts yet. Right. Like, this is just... Oh, oh that was just the, the this early is just, scene? Like, we're in, like, the first act. Oh, my second God. Act. That's what I'm saying. She needs a movie. She does. And so she was an entrepreneur. She was doing odd jobs, started her own business. And she was essentially known for being such a badass. And so going into postal work was a natural transition for her. Yeah, I saw, I saw it on week. I saw it on Because it was, uh, it was dangerous work back then because yeah. we were always trying to rob the stagecoaches. It's, it's true. It's true. And you know what? You see a lot of black women doing it. Mm-hmm. She was laying down the foundation for all these folks. Right. That's, that's important. And so it was like very dangerous. Uh, like you said, it still is today. So she could fire a gun and she was tough and she was huge. She was a big, tall woman. Uh, and so in 1895, she got a contract from the postal service 
service to become a star route carrier. Okay. You know, I think that was the independent, it was an independent, like, postal service that yeah. she had signed up for. And so... Uh, I don't want to, to plug in, but I think that was, like, the... Because back then, like, mm. black people couldn't work for the USPS. It was, yeah. like, an affiliate oh. program. I did look... No, I don't want to... I like that. Smart. No, that is was that, good. Right? Is that Google? Get that Google. <laughs> All people need to know is... See, white people, y'all can do this, too. You have to do a yeah, quick Google. Google search. A little quick Google. Right. Trump says something crazy. Google, Google it. it. And then you'll be like, oh, what he's right. saying is not true. But I think that's important to, to say. Sorry, Jay. No, that's to, good. Yeah. Keep me 100. Keep me... Right. It, it takes a village. You're right. Teamwork. <laughs> no, but yeah, finish your... I want to know one more minute. Well, I... So, okay. And so she got into it. Uh, oh, because the stagecoach was donated by Mother Amadeus. Thank God she saved her Baby life. Baby girl? Yeah. What? Good thing she saves yeah. Sister Mama, Mama Amadeus mm-hmm. because she helped her get her start as a stagecoach. Uh, and so she was fending off thieves, bandits, and oh it made God, her like... Monday through Friday? It was just, that was her job. <laughs> oh you think fighting from dogs is crazy. Right. You know, the crazy cat lady on the street. Right. Uh, and so she was only the second woman to ever hold down this job. First African-American mm. woman. And she was known as either Stagecoach Mary or Black Mary. But who was calling her Black Mary? <laughs> the white the whites. You know? Mm. I... Yeah, she carried a, revi- a rifle and a revolver, so she oh, was packing heat. Okay. She was using her Second Amendment right. Right. Because you needed it back then. Yeah. She had rocky terrain she was traversing for, shitty weather, snow, heat. It's just, Montana's got it all. And again, uh, you know, defending off robberies, all kinds of stuff. She did the job for eight years, and then she retired, and then the community rallied to support her, and they would, because uh, she didn't have, was make any money. So they'd buy her drinks when women were still allowed to go into the bar after a while. They stopped women from going into the bar, so she had no place to go. And uh, restaurants gave her food, and uh, she died on December 5th, 1914. And her funeral was the largest the town had ever seen. Oh, Mary. Yeah. Because she touched some hearts. She did. She yeah. was, you know, changing hearts and minds. So that's Mary. Okay. So we should have a movie about her. We just have a movie. I didn't even, my list is not this, not this in depth. Well, but we gonna, we wait, gonna, yeah. well there's one more. Okay. You want to hear about one more? Yeah. Okay. This is. But we got to get the movies made about that. I really want to see the movie now. Okay. Yes, so this is a movie that needs to be made. I don't know how it's not already made. Metraji do it. Honestly, you, the USPS is failing. It could they, use they this. They need a revamp. So and people, they, right. People get excited about the mail again. Right. This is what it Shit. needs. Okay, this one is super dope as well. Okay. I got you know I got to look do my Robert <laughs> Smalls. I think I know Robert. An escaped slave turned pirate. Yes. Okay. So this is the story is wild. This is wild. So in the midst of the Civil War, this black male slave had uh, commandeered a heavily armed Confederate ship and delivered uh, 17 black passengers, nine men, five women and three children from slavery to freedom. Okay. Here's how he did it. So Robert Smalls, he was born in April 5th, 1839. In Aries. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) War charging. It's good for us to remember. Like, see, it sucks that like we didn't know what Mary's exact birthday is. I was looking it up, but she probably was a Gemini. I'm just going to claim that one for your people. She could have been emotional. No. Nah, that she was fighting and winning. Yes. And winning. Uh, The two tenets of being Gemini. (laughs) Fighting and winning. It's what we do. It's your two halves. If you're not fighting, you're winning. Exactly. Uh, So he was born in uh, South Carolina. His mother, Lydia, at the age of nine, Mm -hmm. she was taken from the islands and to work in the fields. They just took her. She just was hanging on the islands and they were like, hey, you go to the fields. And then she worked her way from the fields into the house. 
Mm-hmm. So she worked her way up as you could, uh, you know, in the cushy house job. Okay. And uh, nobody knows exactly who his father is. Uh, but it could have been, it was a Mary Pro, Mary Provich situation. It could have mm-hmm. been the master, the master's son, or the plantation manager. Nah, it definitely was. So one white guy raped her. Right. Um, but gave birth to, uh, Smalls. And oh, Robert Smalls. The white owners Whoa. loved Smalls so much over the other slave kids, because he was a little different, probably a little lighter skin, mm-hmm. obviously. And, uh, his mother was like, uh-oh, he might grow up to, like, not understand that this is bullshit. Yeah. And so she's like, I need to teach my son history. I like that. Which is, that's like, it goes back to like why it's so important to know your history Mm -hmm. because you'll understand the context of everything. Yeah. And she actually had him uh, see uh, go to the whipping post. She's like, go to the whipping post. I want you to see what happens out there at the whipping post. He saw that and he was like, well, this is fucked up. And he became like a rebel. He was often ending up in jail. He was just like fuck the police type of guy. He was just rebelling. Then his mom was like, "Uh uh-oh, I think I did this too far. (laughs) So then she was like, I need to send him away. So she sent him. She had the talk with him of like, mm-hmm. boy, you can't be doing that. You're black. Yeah. You can't be wilding out like this. Right. Like, you're a little light skin, but you got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so she, again, early conversation. Mm-hmm. Tales all the time. They've been telling the talk. They've been having the talk for generations. I. So she sent him up to Charleston, uh, South Carolina, to be rented out for work. Again, like isn't I, that only slavery? It is. I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he was actually. I'm sorry. It's so crazy because like like she did like the best a mother could do at that time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like again, like she like worked her way from the fields into the house. Yeah. Sent her son to be rented out for work. He did get to like retain some of the money. At nineteen, he was doing a number of jobs and he was allowed to keep like one dollar of his weight of his wages. A week. So he got to keep a dollar for himself. The owner took the rest. So he was making some money. Mm. Uh, the C was the greatest teacher. Like, he knew his shit. Like, he just became really at home. And he got a job on the CSS Planter. Not to be, I thought it said Panther at first. I oh. was like... I think Ooh, yeah <laughs> right planter it was a first class uh, coastways steamer I uh, it was I uh, had local cotton and live oak and red cedar and he met his wife there Hannah 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 uh, wait she's slave okay thank <laughs> <laughs> White lady. We all had white names back then. Oh god, you gave me a heart attack. Sorry, we can't all be. After all that, with the Hannah. Oh my god. So he, so Hannah, uh, she was a slave working for the Kingman family, working at the Charleston Hotel, and the owner let him and his wife move into an apartment. He had a very nice master. Mm -hmm. Let him move into an apartment with. They had two kids, Elizabeth and Robert Jr. and he was like shit I gotta get my family out of this because like we can't be in the slavery for all this long and he was like how much and the owner was like $800 and he was like I only got 100 and the owner's like we'll figure it out so he's like shit how am I gonna get $700 to like you know get my family it's gonna take forever Mm -hmm. and he was like but wait a minute I look just like my boss Captain J Relia. He looked like his boss? He did, because his boss was maybe out in the sea a lot and got like oh. a little bit more of a tan, and he was lighter skinned. Everybody used to joke about how much they looked alike. And there was a bunch of setting it up. So in South Carolina, there's a bunch of union ships that mm-hmm. are just further ahead yeah. that are like making it so you can't, so the, the Confederates aren't able to get any trade coming in. Mm-hmm. The unions got them blocked. And these ships were accepting slaves. Like if you were to escape over there, the union ships would accept you and like, you know, free you. Mm-hmm. So Smalls had a plan. May 12, 18 62. May 12th should be like Robert Smalls Day. Right. Like, yeah. So we're in Charleston, South Carolina. 
uh, where the first shots of the Civil War were actually fired. Little, you know, mm-hmm. pl- pl- note there. And Planter was, the, the ship was making a bunch of rounds in the islands and it came back to South Carolina and it was heavily stocked at this point. At 200 rounds of ammunition, 32 pounds of pivot guns, like a bunch of guns, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there were these three white officers who were feeling like really saucy. They were like, we just got back from the islands. I don't want to stay on this ship. Like, I want to like let my hair down, go into the city. But like, they knew like, you weren't supposed to leave your ship alone because it was like, you know, there's these slaves on there and like, yeah. who knows what they might do, you know? And they could be like put to prison, the white folks for leaving the the slaves alone with the ship. Mm-hmm. But they were like, the captain was like, you know what? I trust them. I trust them. They're going to be fine. They want to do anything Bye. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I trust these eight slaves. Robert Smalls, he was like, now's my chance. And he'd been sailing the water since he was a teenager. He was intelligent resourceful like just like he just knew his shit and he was like all right this is the moment i've been waiting for he'd been planning this for weeks as he knew the route he knew Mm -hmm. what they were gonna do and uh he rallied them all together and he was also known like just a little backstory like he was a pivotal part of like this the captain's ship he was like as high ranking as you could be as a slave Mm. on the ship so like he knew his shit he knew all the signals and um so like i said he's planning this for weeks and it went like clockwork. He picked up the fa- his family members at a rendezvous point. Like oh my this God. is like clockwork. So he picked up the families at a rendezvous point, then slowly navigated his way through the harbor because he knew how to sail and do all this mm-hmm. shit. And then he doubled as the captain. He put on the captain's hat, disguised himself as the captain, wore it really low, and uh, responded with all the proper code signals. They had oh, all these code wow. signals, and he knew it. And so they kept letting him through all the different checkpoints including uh, Fort Sumter itself and all these other defense positions, he cleared and then they sailed into the open seas. And when they got out of Confederate waters and into the Union areas, they drew the white flag as like, we're surrendering. Oh, yeah. And then the Union folks picked them up. And where's this movie? No, that, I mean, both of them have to be a movie, but it's like, yeah. there's so, there's a climax. It's, there's so, yeah. Lot. Well, and then here's the epilogue. So Congress, then when he got onto the other side, Congress gave him $1,500 for the ship that he commandeered. Oh, wow. Which remember, like, he didn't have, right. he only had $100. Right. But then history shows that he actually should have been paid way more. Of course. So, yeah. There's mad ammunition on that. On that. Yeah, yeah, you only have $500, but at the time, I mean, that like, doesn't look, I gotta get some freedom, adios. And take. I got my family, my kids. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the Confederates had a 4,000 bounty on his head, so that's how much the ship and everything was really worth, like, yeah. way more. I And then he actually personally lobbied the Secretary of War, Edwin Slanton, to begin enlisting black soldiers. So he was part of the reason why black soldiers started fighting in the Union and mm-hmm. the Civil War. And then after President Lincoln um, did do that a few months later, Smalls went right back into action and he recruited 5,000 soldiers himself. He was out there at the sea, like battling away. And he, on October 1862, he returned to the planter as a pilot as part of um, this uh, uh, South Atlantic blockading squadron. So he was there in the trenches. He was involved in 17, 17 military actions in the Civil War. He was promoted to the rank of captain. And in 1863, he earned $150 a month, making him the highest paid black soldier of the war. Wow. Making that money. He then became a first generation black politician serving in South Carolina State Assembly and Senate. And for five non-consecutive terms in the U.S. House of Representatives, he became a congressperson. And then from 1874 and 18, 1886, he then, oh yeah, he served from 1874 to 18, 1886. And then watched as his um, state rolled back reconstruction 
in a revised 1865 constitution that stripped black folks of their voting rights. So he got to witness that. Wait, can you repeat that again? So he, this isn't a good thing. Like That's he saw saying. this great yeah. stuff happening. And so then, uh, so he's serving his term in the House of Representatives. And then he watched as after Reconstruction, uh, they... In 1895, the Constitution, they stripped black folks of their voting rights. But I mean, I'm sure he didn't like vote. No, he didn't. He just like watched it happen before his eyes. Uh, He died in February 22nd, 1915. Oh, his birth. Well, his death death day. (laughs) Well, we got to celebrate him anyways. Uh, And he died. uh, he, uh, He died. Where was it? Behind. He was buried behind a bus at the Templins Baptist Church, which I think is nearby like where he died and this is one of his last quotes he said he said my race needs no special defense for the past history of them and this country it proves them to be equal of any people anywhere all they need is an equal chance in life and battle all they need is an equal chance in the battle of life you know that sounds very much like that michelle obama quote oh yeah um yeah i gotta pull it up where okay she's like yeah. we just need that that um opportunity that's all watch, we're looking for watch us that's work it. Watch i us mean i obviously like paraphrase it od but yeah yeah. But that's Robert Smalls. Aren't those two amazing stories? Like, where the fuck are their movies? Right. I really enjoyed that, James. Yeah. Well, and welcome. I, did. I hope everybody else enjoyed that. You know they did. <laughs> right. They better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really good recap and very important to know. And I wish that they taught more. I mean, there's so many prominent black people that aren't being taught. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, well, there's two more for you. Get the popcorn. And get I, to work, Hollywood. Right. I also wanted to take back the fact that I said that water signs are not. Because okay. I oh. looked up Harriet Tubman's sign. And she's a water sign. She's, she's a, a cancer. Oh, she's a Pisces. <laughs> See? See? So, I take it back. Boom. I, I talk a lot of shit about water signs. We be doing stuff. That's Ooh, we it. did it. There we go. Those that's, are clips. That's the uh, ooh, and now for name that tune. Wow, I, this is. <laughs> do you know that tune? Okay, no, I do. It sounds like you're in the bathroom taking a poo. I have no idea. <laughs> it's obviously Prince's kiss. Kiss. <laughs> did you not hear that? No. <laughs> That is, I've discovered the hardest song. Try humming that song to someone and be like, guess what this is? It I is- can do it. Okay. All right. Fine. Okay. Wonderful. And the award goes to, you literally just pulled a twin sister move on me. I can do it. <laughs> pushed me out of the way, got on I the stage. I told you we were siblings. And got all got the roses. <laughs> well, I didn't. Okay, I'll give you one thing. I didn't hum. I did oh, do. See? Do, 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 do. So I could do that. Yeah. Da, you got to do, do it. Oh, yeah. You can't you just can't hum, hum it. it. Humming it is hard. Yeah, no. It's kind of like the Jeffersons. I know. <laughs> Well, uh, that was our gift to you. Um, hope you stuck around for the end of the yes. episode for that. Um, I know. Congratulations. Congrats. You made it. Another. So you y- can. Huh? Oh. What? Well, I was just going to say where the people can find us. Oh, yeah. Where can they find us? Where we be? They can find us on Twitter okay. with Minority Corner with a K. Mm. They can find us on the emails if you want to send us a question that we'll answer on the air we at minoritycornerwithaa at gmail.com. We sure will. 
We're on Facebook. We have the Corner Kids Playground. We've got carrier um, pigeons and smoke signals. Um, I yeah, might, we got it all. What you I might got? think it's what a fire, need? but uh, if you got telepathy, Jean Grey style, you can send. Stay out of my head. I don't know if I want. Yeah, that. don't do that. Don't be I don't want that. Don't there. be inviting that. Be like, you up hey, here. really enjoyed the show. I'm like, ah, be like, ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the toilet. Um, oh, that's okay. funny. Well, and a big thanks to Woody. Woody, it's been so great having you. I think Woody's been yeah, here for over you. a year now on on the team. Woody, you are so valuable and so incredible. And on episodes like today, oh, we yeah. cannot thank you more than enough. So thanks Absolutely. for being a part of the team. And thanks to uh, co-host Maya Maya being here as well. Thank you. Yeah, you know, she's okay. She's doing her thing. She had things to say about Gabrielle Union, so there we go. She did. She, you know, (laughs) she got to talk sometimes. Got to. And uh, a big thank you to all of you. Again, we've already said this earlier, but thank you all so much for listening to Minority Corner. Because together, we're we're the the majority. majority. Jumble that. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported